Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, and those of you somewhere in between, welcome to The Chris Roberts Show. In this episode, I've got a bit of a treat for you, especially if you're a fan of flash fiction. On the show today, I've got Jude Higgins. Jude has an MA in creative writing. She's also had successes in flash fiction writing competitions, literary magazine publications and anthologies. She's the founder and organiser of the Bath Flash Fiction Award and the Bath Novella in Flash Award. She co-runs the Bath Short Story Award and directs Flash Fiction Festivals UK. In addition to all that, she teaches mentors and runs flash fiction workshops for aspiring writers. In this episode, we talk about flash fiction as a form, what makes an award-winning piece of flash fiction, and how to get started in flash fiction if you're new to it. If you find yourself enjoying this episode, don't forget to subscribe, get in touch on social media, and let me know what you think. Let's get into the episode. The pen is mightier than the sword. A podcast for writers. The Chris Roberts Show. Jude, welcome to the show. So you're you're very involved with flash fiction here in the UK and probably quite far beyond as well. You're founder and organiser of the Bath Flash Fiction Award, director of Flash Fiction Festivals UK, a director of Ad Hoc Fiction, which is a small press publisher. Uh, You teach flash fiction in Bath in the UK and online, and you are a writing mentor as well. Can you take us through your journey about how you initially discovered flash fiction and then your journey up to the point now where you're, you know, so involved and quite central to flash fiction here in the UK? Yeah, thank you. Yes, it's quite a long time ago now, I suppose. It was 2012 and I was at the end of doing an MA in creative writing at Bath Spa University. And at some point during that, I was also, well, I was also running workshops with Writing Events Bath, which is um, something I used to do with a colleague. And we'd put on workshops by outside facilitators. And during that period where, where I was at Bath, I somehow discovered Tanya Hirschman, who's quite well known at that time and is still for writing short fiction and she she I I asked her if she'd run a workshop for us on flash fiction so I think I might have heard it a bit before I did hear about it before then because I'd read American books of um like sudden fiction which was published in the 90s I think but it somehow it hadn't impinged on me in the UK so Tanya Hirschman ran this workshop and I really, really got sort of interested in it. So then I started writing quite a lot, I think, at that time. And then the other thing was that I was uh, uh, currently co-running the Bath Short Story Competition, which was for longer short fiction, like up to 2,200 words. And somebody said, well, why why don't you have a a bath flash fiction competition because again there's more people interested so because I was writing it and because um, there was a sort of gap uh, in 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 that area I decided to start the competition I was used to running competitions because of being in this team that was running the bath short story one so I already had someone who could do the admin because I know that running a big competition, you need somebody in the backup as a backup sort of tech person. So that that was all there. 
and so then we started the Balfour Fiction Award at that time, and it was it was always quite successful, really. That was back in um, 2016, I think. So this was about three years after I started writing Flash. So we started the competition then, me and the co- the background colleague. We then, then we had quite a lot of spin-offs, I suppose. Because one of the things we did for several years was run um, a very small mini contest every week called Ad Hoc Fiction, which was a free competition where people had to write to a word prompt, um, write a 150-word piece, and then those that were long-listed every week were published in an online e-book, and then the winners were voted on by members of the public. So it was very, very popular. In fact, it got quite a lot of people in the UK um, and in other countries very keen on writing short fiction and it did attract people from other countries because it was free to enter. So um, from all the way around the world people would be writing these tiny fictions and they'd have the opportunity of having them online if they were long-listed. We did stop doing that after about four years just because my... um, admin worker at Ad Hoc Fiction was started to publish books. We published an anthology from the, um, I think we started that in 2016, an anthology of the long-listed entries from the, the three awards, the three Bath Flash, Flash Fiction Awards that happen every year. Yeah, So and then we've been publishing those anthologies since. So we're on number five of those. And then we started publishing um, books, single author collections, and and also we began another competition for novellas in Flash. So we're on the fifth year of that one now as well. So that was that was quite early on. That was inspired by an American writer called Meg Potcross, who came to live in this country, and I'd read a guidebook on um, writing the novella in Flash, which basically is a longer-form piece, which is um, in Flash fiction chapters. So the standard interpretation of that is that each chapter is a self-contained Flash fiction, but altogether it makes a longer story. And there's a guidebook called um, My Very End of the Universe, which is published by Rose Metal Press, which um, described the form. And Meg Potcross had a, a novella in Flash within that book, and she was writing about the form. So um, I asked her if she'd be the judge of the first competition, and she did that. And then we published um, three winners in an anthology. And then subsequently, the the competition has carried on, and now we publish the winners in single, single author books. Yeah, so it's, it's become quite pop, popular as a format. People like to, when they like to write longer, they write these books of flash fiction chapters. It's a way, it sort of feels more manageable to people. Sometimes people who are writing longer form fiction feel daunted, but Although it is quite hard to write a flash fiction novel or novella, 
is quite a difficult form. It's something people can feel they can have a go at. The winner in the 2021 competition is David Swan, who's a lecturer in Southampton University in creative writing. And his uh, novella in Flash is quite interesting because he's worked with an illustrator. So this, yeah, this guy who's provided very beautiful little drawings that go with the book. So, so, and that, I mean, that isn't unusual in the sense that obviously people do do adult books with illustrations, but it's, we haven't done it before in it. And I think they do work quite well together. Were those images um, submitted as part of the entry to the competition? Yeah, they, were, they were within it, yes. So, the, so he did the manuscript with the drawings in it. So, yeah. mm, interesting. He wasn't judged on the dra- drawings, but obviously, but they did enhance it. Yeah, it's like a wider kind of experience, isn't it? Yeah. For those who are listening who may not, who may be new to flash fiction or maybe hadn't considered it before, what is flash fiction? Is that something that can be easily defined? It can be easily defined in one sense, but not in another, I suppose I'd say. I mean, what people often say, and I say this too, is that flash fiction is fiction that's usually got to be under a thousand words in length, although it's sometimes 1,200 words. So that would be the first definition around length. But then there's more, really, because if somebody asked you what a poem was, um, you, I mean, yeah, they're all very long poems, mostly they're reasonably short, but you wouldn't just define a poem by the length. It's something to do with, in flash fiction, with the way the language is compressed. So, um, and by that I mean people can say a great deal in very few words by the way they write it. And that might be to do with the the way it's laid out on the page, the, st- the structure of it, and also the way that people can very interestingly um, use time in a very short piece so that it feels that when you're reading it, if it works well, it feels like you're reading something very much longer, even though um, it could even be just 300 words, but it might feel like a little novel it's covered so much so i think you only get the hang of it by reading quite a lot and seeing what people do with these short pieces because um it's not just a short piece of prose that's been cut down say from a longer piece it's not a short scene it has a whole a whole story in there it's got a narrative usually got some sort of movement and narrative drive although it might not have a distinct a very distinct beginning, middle and end. It's just such a variety. Sounds like a mystic art. A mystic <laughs> art. <laughs> yeah, sounds very difficult to achieve. When I first came across flash fiction, I did have that kind of initial assumption that it was just something short. But obviously there's a lot more to it than just cutting out words and skipping on details. It's a I was just going to look at, I've got this, um, yeah, of course your readers won't see this, I'm just looking at one of the anthologies from Bath. Oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> I like the cover. <laughs> yeah. Well, with one eye on the cows, so 
this book from the from the anthology from the competition has got 137 micros in here. So like you've got you've got a lot of different styles of of flash fiction, and um, like I'm just picking at random. One of the winners wrote a story about a man trying with his daughter to to escape into the U.S. from Mexico. Like, like, and really, it's a very sad story because it's 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 sort of implied that they drown in the river. So we're talking about you know, a lot. A lot of stories have quite quite strong political or social themes that people are trying to compress those issues into into small fictions. So, is there something about the success of a piece like this leaving something with the reader after they put it down, something to think about, um, something maybe something that challenges how they think about a particular topic or. Yeah, it could be that could be the challenge, or as you suggested, like the res resonance of it. So you've got res it resonating into um, world issues, or just resonating with something that feels very familiar from the human experience. The impact, yeah, the emotional impact. People often accept stories for submissions in magazines and, and in competitions. They they want to see that sort of impact. They want to feel it, probably not see it. They want to feel it, whatever it is. Something, as you said, that lingers afterwards, makes you think or feel something. So for you, what is it about flash fiction that... um? that really draws you in because you're very involved with flash fiction. You write a lot of flash fiction. I get a strong impression that you absolutely love it. What is it about flash fiction for you? Well, I like the experimental experimental nature of it, that you can try it all sorts of things. Like, for example, I was writing a little piece this morning early because I quite like to write early and, um, I was writing in a style which is called, um, in, I think it's, don't think it's just flash. It's called a her hermit crab type, type of style of fiction. So that you, you get a different structure and put your story within it. So what I was doing this morning was writing this, a story as a recipe for cheesecake. So, um, so then you've got the style of a recipe style it would be clearly you'd be you'd be might you'd be given instructions and you may be using words like which I did like melt or chill or beat. So you've got those verbs and then the story is nothing is not a recipe for food, it's could be it's just for something else. So um so that that I I like that sort of thing, that sort of type of experimental style. I'm just using one thing, like hermit crab stories could be anything really. A list of instructions about putting a flat pack together, or anything that you want. Any other form of writing that you fit an entirely different story in, that like the way a, a hermit crab would keep looking for another shell, that sort of thing. So. So I like that. I like I like reading what people do, people from all the way around the world. So you've got the cultural in influences, 
And you can read a lot of that because there's a lot of people writing it. So you, you get stories, um, well, they get them in English, or they're writing them in different languages, of course, from people living in New Zealand, Australia, the US, Africa, all the way around the world, really. So I like that aspect of it. It keeps you connected. So what makes an award-winning piece of flash fiction? Are there, are there key ingredients that you look for? Let's say you're, you're reviewing some pieces for the Bath Flash Fiction Award. What would be some key elements? Um, well, again, we have an independent judge that judge, judges the top 50. But, yeah, we do have to make the long list. So they, they become, they're winning stories there as well. I'd say what it's what I've said already, it would need to make an impact because when you have, in a story competition, when you have hundreds of entries, they need to make an impact. So it would be what would um, linger afterwards, what the first line would be like. The first line very impactful draws you in, or the title, how does the title work with the whole story? Um, does it end in the right place? That, that it, does it all work together as a whole? Actually, talk, talking about um, novella in Flash then, so each piece would need to be standalone. A little bit flexible because it's quite hard when you're reading a whole novella to think after you read it, like, does that piece really stand alone? I mean, think, because they've often got references to previous stories. But on the other hand, you've, you've definitely got a breathing space in between the stories. So like if you're reading a standard novel or novella, usually they sort of flow, the chapters flow into one to the other. Whereas this, this one, you, this, this type of fiction, you'd, it would be distinct in some way. So each, um, each piece of flash fiction in that novella, it's got to have those kind of key elements in, but then the the story as a whole has to have it as well. So it's quite a complex thing to put together. Yeah, it is complex. There's a load of information actually about writing the novella in Flash on the Bell Flash Fiction Award website, and also we've got one of the judges um, from the competition. He judged it a couple of years ago, Michael Loveday. He's he does run courses, but he's also writing a guidebook on it currently. Okay. He's written a lot about it already in articles that are online, but he's doing this a guidebook which will hopefully help people to write it and have the book to hand to help them. And is that specifically novella in Flash? Yeah, it is. Although um, it's very close to novels in Flash as well. Nancy Stolman, who's an American writer and teacher of Flash, she's, she runs online courses for the novel novel in flash like you said uh, before we started actually about the about getting addicted to it i could see myself kind of really throwing myself into some longer projects <laughs> some of my listeners are going to be new to flash fiction new writers in general have you got any advice for someone maybe attempting flash fiction for the very first time yeah you you well basis like with everything with writing just read it read a lot of it just read. I mean, there's a load of stuff online, and if you if you can use Twitter, I mean, Twitter I've learned recently isn't that accessible for some people because of uh, the assistive assistive technology isn't very good with Twitter. 
but if you can use twitter there's there's a very large writing community where short fictions and um opportunities for writers are shared in that form so if so if, for example if people followed me on twitter jude at jude h writer there's um you you could look and see all the sort of links that come up and who who i follow and who follows me and such so there's a very large number of opportunities that um there's free free mini competitions and there's a lot to read so there's various free competitions around people can try entering i suppose so i suppose if you if you read it and then write it and then you can join classes um but people are running a lot online as well at the moment it's a lot of online flash fiction short fiction courses would you recommend that someone interested in flash uh takes some of these courses yeah definitely yes um there you would probably you'd probably find a mixture of writers of different levels of experience so that's always interesting because in in the flash classes people often get um prompts to get them to write and then um some people are asked if they'd like to read them out so you can hear what people do on the spot in their first drafts and get and then and then um often feel quite encouraged to have and you know, think that you might be able to do that yourself for example in my in my classes i always do a couple of prompts and one of them um i always do is a memory prompt so yesterday in my class that i run online i asked people to remember anything to do with whistling where did they learn to whistle did they have a relative who whistled did they whistle on a piece of grass making making a whistling noise so those sort of things evoke memories and then i asked some people just to write a small piece about that memory and sometimes that that piece with people who are more experienced people can think oh i'm going to write this very short as a whole piece and i can do that but if you if you're starting you just you can just write the memory and you find that there's a story a story will come out of it possibly i mean it's quite interesting yesterday somebody wrote um about an old man who worked in the field next to him i think and and he actually showed them how to make a whistle from a twig so i thought that was quite an interesting little yeah it's like little nuggets like that are um yeah priceless so, aren't they you just get those so prompts like that a lot of people are very good at prompts they will make you they'll, they'll put the constraint on you know where you're starting from you're not just writing from thin air you're writing from a prompt that someone gives you like words memories visual things do you use prompts quite a lot yourself as well yeah i do i use prompts a lot i i tend to my favorite prompts really are lists of words like when i was talking about the cheesecake inspired recipe hermit crab flash that i was writing earlier today i had um, a list of words one of which was cheesecake and i think i had the other words i had were sort of just odd things like canker and um full about five words and then i then what i get myself to do is put all the words in 
and it makes interesting juxtapositions, which is always good in. So you think, well, I want to get that word in, but it doesn't. It's sort of a bit weird in this context, but somehow when you got got it there, you can you can use it, and it it can make quite some interesting sentences. Is there somewhere to go to get these prompts, or is it a matter of flicking through the dictionary and stopping at a certain point? I get them from my husband, actually. He gives me a list of words. We we both write, and he gives me a list of words, and I do the same for him when he's doing that. But, yeah, there's... um. Yeah, you can get them from books. It's quite good to be given them from by someone else. Somehow that um, gives uh, something extra, I think, so... There's people like like Meg Potcross, who I've mentioned earlier. She does very inventive prompt workshops. She doesn't just use words, she uses visual images and gets you to look at um, sentences in different ways. So that, that there's um and there's there's a lot of flash writers who would be using prompts in different ways. Have you got a recommended approach for entering flash fiction competitions or or submitting pieces of flash elsewhere um, to literary journals or anywhere like that is it a matter of tailoring a piece for that publication or actually unless there's a theme because some stories some competitions and magazines have themes um i wouldn't suggest trying to sort of do it for the magazine or the competition because that might force it a bit i mean you can like if you were if you were wanting to submit to um, a magazine, then again you'd follow the sort of the procedure of looking at what they like to publish. Like, for example, there's a very established flash fiction journal called Smoke Long Quarterly, which has it's been going for years. It's US based originally, and they like again the stories with resonance, but they they like a particular length, so they really go for the longer end of flash fiction generally like about 750 words so for them you'd be thinking of length and you'd be thinking like quite experimental in that way with a very strong storyline but you need you need to look you need to read them first so there's um that would be at the the end of the the magazine that would be hard to get into i suppose but there's other, there's a newer magazines. There's some good, really good ones that have been coming out recently. Places like Cabinet of Heed, Ellipsis, Ellipsis Sign. Um, someone was telling me about a new one they think is good called Flash Frog. <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's lists of magazines actually that people have compiled. So the best thing is to read them, try out some free-to-enter free places. A lot of the magazines are free-to-enter, actually. Basically, write a lot. You, um, actually, no, the, what I was going to say is that there's some people who've come into the Flash world during lockdown because they, their normal sort of routines have been disrupted, of course, and they started writing. There's a couple of people... They've just really done amazing things. They've, they've got into it. People can do this. They just get into it and they haven't written fiction before even. And they've been incredibly prolific writing and submitting and have been very successful. That's all in a year. So if you're someone that can write a lot, try a lot of things out, submit a lot, 
and not mind being rejected, because, yeah, you get a lot of rejections, then you will find you do get accepted. There's um, one of the things that people do, this is quite interesting, is to go for trying to get 100 rejections in a year. So, yeah. Actively trying to get the rejections. You go for the rejections. It's like a sort of reversal, isn't it? So a percentage, obviously, will get accepted. So the more you submit... Yeah, I suppose as a writer, you're going to have to uh, maybe change your perception of rejection as a negative um, and take it as a positive in some ways. You know, is there constructive criticism you can leverage to improve um, that sort of thing? And I suppose the more you get, the harder you, you get to it. Well, yes, that's right, because some magazines, they do give little bits of feedback, which is useful. But mainly, I think it is getting used to rejections, because there's so much going out. Like, it's the thing about not everybody's going to like it, you know, what you write. And so you're going to, even even though somebody else might, like, I think, um, yeah, pieces, you can send pieces out loads of times, and people do. They send them out, you know, 20 times or something like that, the same piece or more. Is that a good approach to, say, write a handful of pieces and then send them out to multiple places? Is it a numbers game? Um, Well, it would be a bit, wouldn't it? Because you get some people might like it and others wouldn't. I suppose when I get a a piece rejected, I do work on it a bit more as well. So I'm not someone that has done a lot of submissions at the same time with one piece i have done it a few times but i do i do tend to work on it a bit when it's been rejected unless i love it so so very very much i will go behind it i've had i think i've had very fast acceptances sometimes that's quite nice there was a piece i wrote for there's a there's a i like this magazine it's called flashback fiction it's it's um specialises in historical fiction and they have an audio version of the stories that they publish so you get to read it out as well as send the written text so i did have i wrote a story and i was thinking of what they'd asked for at the time because they were they have a timeline and they were rather short on on stories from the medieval times they'd had a lot of stories from uh, about the 1940s, like war things and stuff like that, I think, at the time. So I was thinking, you oh, know, medieval stories, yes, especially. So I was th- somehow thought of wolves, like wolves in medieval times. So I wrote this story, which I wrote really fast, and it got accepted in about two days, and it was really popular. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so it came, it was read a lot. So I suppose that's the other thing. If you if you get into the writing community online and you do get a story published, then you sometimes a lot of people will read it, which is nice because that doesn't always happen with short fiction in print. But you can get a lot of people reading your work sometimes. That's really useful. I love um I love history. But flashback fiction. They got some really good stuff on there. Yeah, and oh. and, and they do timelines of where the stories have been placed, you know, in history, in history. Oh, nice. I'll check that out as well then. Can you tell us a bit about the online teaching and the workshops that you offer for flash fiction? Yes, I will. I told you a little bit about that earlier in the programme, about the, the class I run on a Tuesday. I run 
one on a Tuesday afternoon. That one's for t- for two hours from one thirty to three thirty, and within it, I offer writing prompts, like I talked about the memory one, and then I have a focus on an aspect of Flash, which could be um, beginnings, endings. This time we did actually look at resonance within Flash. And then also people who come to the group. I have a couple of people who submit stories in advance up to 500 words and the group does some feedback on them. So it's really friendly, that group. It's a drop-in group, so you don't have to sign up for a long period, although we do have regulars. So that that would be like people do come and go. If they can't make it one week, that's fine. They're just paying as they go, really. So that I've been doing that one for online since the beginning of the lockdown. Before it, I did it in the same format. Actually, I did it face-to-face in Bath, which is quite near to where I live. So I did it there for a few years. I do like it online, though, because it gets people in, like I said, um from different countries so currently we've got people from the uk ireland canada and the us i think we've got some from the us currently so it does have a nice range of different people from different ages and countries have there been quite a few people signing up to it through lockdown yes there there have been quite a few people it's still small enough that you can you don't feel um intimidated i think it's friendly and the the other thing i'm also currently doing um as part of what i like to do is organize writing events where i do a bit of work myself but also get other people to do stuff i'm doing this series of festival days which have just had the second one every month they've been from march so carrying on till the end of august and Within the day, it's a Saturday, there's quite a lot of flash events going on with, with the teaching elements like the workshops and aspects of flash. And what I've done it is this, I've made it a sort of fun thing based on the Great British Bake Off, except it's the Great, Great Festival Flash Off. So you've got, there's, there's little competitions within the day like the you know not everybody knows about the great british bake-off but they have different challenges for amateur bakers um the signet the signature the technical and the showstopper so we've got each of the festival days we've got um flash judges judge duos two judges who will introduce these challenges they're quite they're quite good fun and then and then people after the event they got a week to write them write the prizes and they got they got there's quite good prizes there's a free entry to bath flash fiction award there's books and as well as that there's um a featured workshop by someone quite well known like next month in may tanya hirschman who i mentioned right at the beginning is um writing um not writing leading a workshop on hybrid fiction flash fiction What's what's hybrid? Is that like a mix of genre? Or? Yeah, she would be doing a mix of for like um, probably the poetic end or poet poetic end of Flash. I'm not quite sure what she is exactly doing in that, but she does write poetry and she writes flash fiction. Then someone else is running half an hour on climate writing, and then we've got I'm doing a dream workshop there, dreams into fiction half. 
quite half an hour small chunks. And then we're hearing from um that I've got this little little event called Flash Addicts where people talk about their journey into Flash and read. And there's an open mic, so it's it's quite action packed and it's just thirty pounds for the whole day, but there are some free places for people who who work where cost is a barrier. Yeah, it's it's good fun and it that that online series was because we couldn't run a face to face flash fiction festival this year. I was running with them with a with a team of people running a face to face festival in Bristol for three years, but of course it got cancelled last year and it is cancelled this year, so the the festival days were like um a fun thing to replace that, and yeah, they people have liked them, the first two, and and everyone's welcome. You don't have to come to the whole lot of the day. You could just drop in and out, basically, on on Zoom. I might try and drop in myself if I can, if yeah. if I've um, got a gap in the calendar. I'm quite intrigued by the idea of uh, dreams into. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yes, because I I'd done that for a while. I used to. Uh, in my one of my previous existences, I was a gestalt psychotherapist, and I used to run dreams workshops, dreams for self awareness. Then, but the writing is the writing is that you really it's looking at one one little dream. You can turn it into loads of different stories. The same dream, so it can be very short. So we've um, we did on on um, last Saturday, which was the last day. I was introducing how to change, how you might try different ways, the ways I was offering to, to turn a, a dream into a fairy story. That look at the fairy story elements of a dream, because dreams, um, they often have those elements. Like, they often have three separate scenes. They often have thresholds going into special worlds. Stuff like that. We were looking at things like that and pe- getting people to write very small stories. That sounds interesting. Okay. It brings to mind Kubla Khan, uh, uh, Coleridge. Yeah, um, Kubla Khan. Yeah, it's a uh, it's that whole thing of trying to catch, trying to scribble his dream down before it goes, and he thinks someone knocked at knocked at his door, didn't they? The man from Porlock or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah those those sort of things can have quite um, yeah strong elements in them like that that, that are good for working into flash fictions. Oh, fantastic. So, um, where can people find out more about you? Um, I'll put links and things down below. There's, I, I, I got the um, Flash Fiction Festival website, flashfictionfestival.com. That's that one. Then I'm judehiggins.com. That's me. It's flashfictionaward.com. That's a competition. Great. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll put all those in there and your social media profiles. I'll put in there. I'll put links to your 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 publications on Amazon and. And all that Thank in there you. as well. Yes, yes, there's a lot of lot of books from um, ad hoc fiction on that. That's the small press I direct. Um, they're on the on our own website. We sell them directly, and they're they're on Amazon. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to include? Oh well, we'll say this on the competition front. Link to the festival. I've got I've got another little tiny competition just open which is connected to the great festival flash-off series of days, which is a, a cupcake hermit crab recipe competition. I was talking about the cheesecake recipe earlier, but this is to, this is to write a story 
in the form of a recipe for a cupcake and um i'm saying it because of that that one is open to anybody it's you don't have to go to the festival days and half the money is going to the winner half the money raised minus paypal charges half to huntington's association um huntington's disease association charity because we know a writer that's got huntington's and we wanted to support the charity so that is quite a fun sort of thing and um, it's it was called a cupcake competition because uh one of the writers i mentioned earlier nancy stolman did define flash fiction as the cupcake of literature like it was small and like 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 cake it's cake it's still cake like literature but it's very small and contained and different or because it's in that form rather than a big sheet cake or something i like that definition small and dainty it's a fun one isn't it small maybe not always dainty but definitely small yeah Yeah. definitely not dainty in my case i think (laughs) jude thank you so much for coming on the show thank you very much for asking me this hand is mightier than the sword. A podcast for writers. The Chris Roberts Show.